Welcome to Hockey Prospect Radio. Your voice for prospect news and analysis on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. Now, here's hosts Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. Welcome to Season 19, Episode 7, powered by Huddle Analysis, offering the largest data and video library of players, teams, and leagues worldwide, and Junior Prospect Hockey League, Western Canada's newest developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level at juniorprospecthockeyleague.com. We're happy to bring on Rick Nash, Director of Player Development for the Columbus Blue Jackets. We're going to talk about some prospects in their system, and Rick, thanks for coming on the show again. We always appreciate that. Of course. Thanks for having me. So I want to get your initial thoughts on Gavin Brindley, you know, recent draft pick, second round, 34th overall for you guys. And, you know, your experience in the NHL and you've had teammates that were on the smaller side in terms of of being a forward, but a player that small, you either have to be exceptionally special offensively or have a real dog on the bone mentality to be able to be that competitive and understand how you can use your frame effectively to be, you know, a consistent NHL player or a little bit of both, which helps, you know, and I think of Cam Atkinson, a teammate of yours in Columbus, who is a smaller player, but tenacious as a player, particularly without the puck. And I appreciated that about Cam's game. When you watch Gavin play, is there elements of that in his game where he can, this is things that if we continue to work with him on, these are going to translate because when I watch him play, he's just a ferocious dog on the bone when he doesn't have the puck. He so desperately wants to get it back. Yeah. Well, when you're, you're five, seven or five, eight, you, you kind of need an it factor, right? You, you need something that's going to separate you from a guy that's, you know, six, one or six, two, that's going to make you stand out. And, and Gavin definitely has that. And and he's, I kind of see him as a, a natural goal scorer with a shot, kind of like Cam Atkinson was, or, or is, like you said, it's, it's, it's a good comparison. I think where Gavin can separate himself with a lot of players around the NCAA is his uh, his skating and his edge work. Um, you know, you, you watch him closely and he can really use his edges as leverage when he's trying to get, when uh, defenders are trying to push him off the puck is that he can, he can roll on his edges and kind of create leverage and create more speed when he's, uh, when he's doing that. Um, so that's one of his it factors for me. And another one is his shot. Um, his, his shot could be lethal and, and uh, he, he can obviously pick corners. He, he's, he's went on a, uh, a good streak here early on in the season and, and has been shooting the puck. Um, so like you said, when you're a smaller guy, you need an it factor. You need the dog on the bone mentality. And I feel like Gavin truly does have that. I'm glad that you mentioned about his ability to roll off checks. It's very similar to other players who they can feel. Some guys can't feel pressure really well on their body and not understand which direction they need to pivot out on. And that's where I, I agree with you. Gavin's very strong in that area. He doesn't like he just feels the pressure on, on his body and knows which way to go. The other factor, you know, I want to get your thoughts on is his playmaking ability of because he has such a good shot and defenders know it, that being able to use that, utilize that give and go really effectively when he turns pro, you can sort of get away with it more in college hockey. But the minute you turn pro, the D-men, even at the American League level, are so astute to understanding players' tendencies. How much is that do you talk to him about, about ensuring that, hey, you have a great shot, but to create that time and space for yourself, you're going to have to have some playmaking ability and use that give and go to create some time and space for yourself. Yeah, I think it's a good point. Um, 
you know, initially early on in the season, you want to make sure that, uh, you know, for a goal scorer, I feel like you have, have a shoot first mentality. And then, like you said, once teams start to key in on you and realize that you have a lethal shot, um, that's when other things start to open up. So, you know, in, in conversations with, with Gavin um, early on, it's, it's a lot of a uh, shoot first mentality, but, you know, seeing the assist that he's, he, he can put up, it, it, it kind of changes things. And especially on the power play when seams start opening up off the rush. Um, so it, it's a big part of it. He, you know, he, he's going to open up time and space for himself as he, as he starts working that give and go game or that seam game on the power play. That's when things are going to open up when, teams aren't so worried uh just about a shot um and, and on the edge work as well you know it's it's funny back in back when we or I, myself came in the league it was a lot of uh straightforward skate and power forwards and uh you know i think a big part of that was probably when when sid came in and and you know you started seeing the smaller guy roll off checks and uh now i feel like edge work is such an important part of uh of hockey at at all levels because you can use it to your advantage I'd like to ask you about Denton Matejchuk as a young defenseman. You know, pretty by the end of this season, he's going to end up turning pro, be a 20-year-old defenseman last year in the Western Hockey League. Now, he's not necessarily tall at 5'11", but he's built like a fire hydrant. He's probably close to 200 pounds already in that respect. And do you find when you're watching defensemen, particularly in junior, and if they're a top number one defenseman, they're given a little bit of leeway in terms of being able to do a lot of things that they may not be able to do at the pro level and talking about him is refining some of those habits. Like, yeah, we know that you can, you're going to play 25, 30 minutes, you know, in junior hockey, but you know, as you turn pro, these things are going to start to you know, funnel down a little bit. And there are some habits that you're going to have to consider. We're going to have to work on in that respect. Are there some things about Denton's game that you've liked as he's improved upon when you guys are having those conversations and looking at game film and when he's in camp with the other pro players? Yeah, that's a that's a difficult um, thing to navigate with the prospects is is, uh, you know, when when their stars on back on their junior team and, you know, I think Denton's first game back, he was over 30 minutes. Uh, I think he hovers right around 28 minutes, 25 minutes. Um, you know, that that's not that's not really realistic in an NHL season for for a lot of players. Um, you know, so Denton came in and, and I thought he had a great Traverse City uh, rookie tournament. He was our captain. And uh, did really well. He came into camp, and he was here for a long time. He he made, uh, you know, management make some make some tough decisions because he was that good in in the exhibition games and in practice. Um, so you know, back to your kind of your question on him is is uh, you know how do you how do you create those those good habits in junior when when you're the star of a team and playing crazy minutes, and that's a difficult one. We we want him to keep his pace up you know, he saw the NHL pace for a while in the preseason and, and in the practices and all the training camp. Um, so, you know, we, we, we kind of challenged Denton to go back and, and bring all the players on, on uh, Moose Jaw to bring the pace up to his pace. So that's been, uh, that's been something that's been good. Um, other than that is, is his play with the puck, you know, in junior probably going to have an extra half a second or, or an extra second, whatever it might be. Um, and and we kind of challenged him to to play at that NHL speed with with moving the puck, making your plays, finding your options quicker, and um and and that's probably it. But I will say it's it's tricky to navigate um you know those conversations with with a kid that uh, you know um, realistically could could probably be playing uh, 
uh, pro hockey, but just with with the way everything goes, he uh, he has to go back to uh, Moose Jaw. How much of those conversations when you're you can talk about maybe the mental side of it is, hey Denton, you're we know you're going to play X amount of minutes, and you know that's not really going to trend. That's not going to be the case in pro hockey. But can you like give him mental ha- mental habits to work on? But also for him just to recognize is to be self aware of okay. He, I can recognize things that I'm going to have to adjust. And then he keeps that, you know, in his mind and like understands that, okay, that self-awareness. Cause sometimes players, they sort of get lost in that and they sort of forget about it. Um, is that something that you guys can do from, you know, you're trying to navigate that playing 28, 30 minutes in junior, but, you know, mentally keeping those habits really sharp. Yeah. Well, I think we can, we can send them clips of, of positive, positive clips and uh, you know, kind of, kind of clips where you want them to improve. Um, you know, it, it's, it's such a fine balance and it's, it's a, it's a kind of a fence that you walk on with um, you know, these, these star junior players going back to their own teams and try, trying to figure out uh, you know, where they fit in. Obviously they fit in at a, uh, at a superstar level when, when they're first round picks, um, you know, in, in Denton's case, the, the one thing that, that we kind of wanted him to, uh, to improve on is, is, is his puck play, you know, at a junior level, just to talk about the mental side at a junior level, he can kind of hold on to the pucks and go back to his zone and do tight turns and escape pressure. Um, but at the NHL level, the game's too fast to, uh, to do that. So th- that that's kind of one little thing that we, uh, we talked about with him is to, uh, you know, make sure he's moving the puck and, and his pace is at an NHL level instead of a uh, a dub level. We're going to take a short break on Hockey Prospect Ray. We come back, we'll continue to talk to Rick Nash, Director of Player Development for the Columbus Blue Jackets, right after this. Every play, every stat, every breakdown. On their own, they're essential. But all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospects Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at fractalhockey.com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. 
Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, phantom, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca. You're listening to Hockey Prospect Radio on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. Here's Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. We are back in Powered by Huddle Analysis, offering the largest data and video library of players, teams, and leagues worldwide. We're speaking with Rick Nash, Director of Player Development for the Columbus Blue Jackets, about some prospects in the system. We're going to talk about a couple defensemen. Thoughts on Corson Coolmans? I thought he was a really intriguing prospect to really track, not just in your organization, but really overall based on where he came from. So, you know, he only had really not even a full year, Brooks Bandits, and then went to Wisconsin, got a couple of years, and then then right into pro. So there wasn't a lot of games played at a really elite level before jumping into the American Hockey League. And he got 13 games last year, which I think is really important. Kind of gives you, you know, a, a little dip in the pool to understand, okay, this is what you're pre- – you have to be prepared for. You got to get into your summer and we have to really focus on what you're going to do. Thoughts on how valuable that 13 games were for him and then coming into camp and playing with the American league full time. Yeah. I thought the, uh, the 13 games were very important. Um, obviously I, I think Corson's uh, time at Wisconsin was, was good for him. Um, you know, and, and working with Tony, who is, is, is a very special guy and, and obviously a, a, a very good coach and, uh, um, so I, I think that was good for him, but I also thought it was important for him to get to Cleveland as as quick as possible. Um, I, I know Corson uh, was looking forward to it. Um, so to, for him to get those 13 games in front of our Cleveland coaches and, and to start working with Mike Havlin um, on the back end and, and build his relationship with with uh, Havy and um, and it, it was everything. Corson uh, played well in those games. I, I think you have followed him enough where you know he kind of has that special uh it factor to a game where he could you know bring the puck all the way up the ice by himself and and create stuff i i think on the other end of that as his pro game evolves he's got to understand that um sometimes the the easiest play in the play in front of you is uh is the right one so with with Corson kind of going into the summer and having some success in Cleveland and getting to know the coaches, we obviously knew that he had to get stronger and uh, and figure things out out that way. But um, you know he he had a he had a good summer. He came to Dev Camp and uh, came to Traverse City, and um, you know I, I think he's on his on on the right track. But uh, you know he, to make it as a defenseman in the NHL, it's it's not easy. He's gonna have to put on some pounds, put on some muscle, get some strength, and uh, you know work on his decision making as well. Talk about puck retrieval, because that's one of the things in today's game where the forwards are just on you so quickly is that you have that quick look and then you got the puck. And then, as you said, generally that first first option is your best option. And it doesn't have to be pretty. It just has to be clean and efficient. So your wingers can out, get out the door, uh, you know, and you were a winger in that respect. Like you're, you wanted your demon to get you that puck as quickly as possible. Um, how is he adapted to, 
the American Hockey League in terms of bigger, faster, stronger players who, you know, make really smart decisions on four checks and force young defensemen to hesitate. And if they hesitate, that's where they get pinned. Yeah, just just in general. Um, I, I think we talked about this last time we were here, but but these, you know, defensemen going back for a puck, you want to have your few options everything happens so fast. And, and I say it's one of the difference from when the guys, from when we get a guy from CHL or NCAA that, you know, once you get the puck on your stick, you can kind of take a look and, and make your decision quickly where I find the elite players in the NHL already know their two options or three options before the puck's even on their stick. So I, I try to get our guys to kind of think, think that way, think through the process that, um, you know, you have to know your options and, in order to do that, you got to make sure your uh, your system is proper and your wingers are following and your center is following and your D partners following. But to get back on track on on Corson, I feel like the way where his game was at at Wisconsin and how he was holding on to pucks maybe a little bit too long and you know trying to do too much sometimes where get himself in trouble. I, I feel like his work that has happened with the uh, the Cleveland coaches. Um, I was just up there on on Friday watching watching him uh play and uh he's really finding that first option he's making sure he's you know taking taking some risk management into his game where you know you, you have to know the not only risk management but game management too at what point of the game you're trying these passes um so he, he's coming a long ways developing nice I, I think we're lucky to have as i said earlier mike havlin in uh in cleveland for him to work with mike's work with some pretty special d-man Let's talk about Stanislav Sposal in, in that respect, too, because he's, he's a young D-man who's you know coming into the American Hockey League, yet his trajectory is a little bit different in the respect that he got to play over in Brno against men at a really young age and then comes into Regina for a couple of years, uh, plays a ton of international game, uh, tournaments, three world juniors under 20s and a U18. So he's had all this international experience and pro experience, then goes through you know, and rips up the dub last year, like there's no tomorrow. And now, you know, finally he's like full term in, in Cleveland. And he, and he played a few games obviously last year thoughts on that progression and how that a lot of those experiences he had against pro men has helped set him up for, you know, what he's going to do in Cleveland and, and help that development because it's not as much as a splash of cold water on his face because he has a certain level of expectations of what it's going to be like. Yeah, Stan is a uh, obviously a special player on the ice, and he's actually a mature kid off the ice too. I think um, you know one of the challenging things for him was to go back to a junior team and and play with you know teenagers after um, you know you just named everything that he's done before he even kind of got over to Regina. So it was um, it was it was a bit of a uh, a development for him to kind of you know bring back his his off ice and and make sure he he enjoyed it and and related to some younger guys after playing with pros for so long um more so on the ice i think we we we've seen it over the years is that he has a hockey sense and a creativeness to his game that um it's kind of hard to teach i don't think you teach those things i i think you can improve them and you can work on them but you know some guys haven't and some guys don't i feel like stan he, he does have it and obviously he had a fun year uh with a uh with Bedard in Regina and they put up some some pretty big numbers and you know for him to come in and and uh you know kind of be a regular in Cleveland um this year I think this is where he's gonna have to take his game to the next level I think it's one thing to play in those those tournaments or or overseas with 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 uh in a men's league and 
it's another thing to play a full season in the HL. HL is a good league and it's a grind for these guys. And I think Stan's learning that. Um, but uh, in saying that we've had such a small sample size of, of Stan at a, at a pro level in North America that, um, you know, we're excited to kind of see where, where he can take his game to. Is this, he seems to be gone through quite a bit of like interesting adjustments, playing pro at a young age, then going in the Western league and kind of, I don't want to say reverting, but you can get caught in some like junior habits that are not helpful. And then you're going to go back to pro and go, Oh yeah, wait a minute. You know, I can't do this anymore in that respect. And it's just like, you're almost rewiring the player again, back to what he was prior to coming to junior. I'm not saying junior is, it doesn't have its value. Of course it does, but it's just a different animal in terms of the processing speed and the type of processing you have to have at the AHL level. Yeah, you're right. The, the process and uh, time is obviously a lot less. And, you know, let's let's not forget in, in junior, you know, you might get some full grown, you know, 20, 20 year olds, uh, you know, guys that have found their men's strength. But, you know, I, I went through it in my career, too. It was sometimes you could you could get by with keeping your head down and going going past someone. But at, at the HL level, you're playing against full grown men. And, you know, if you're not careful, someone can easily catch you. You're not going to have as much time with the puck. Um, it, it's just one of those things that you have to adapt from a junior game to, uh, to a North American professional. That's one of the things that I think is re- really a constant narrative in, in hockey is how underrated the American hockey league is. Like, I think it's the second best league in the world. Like as much as I've been over to Europe and seen there are pro leagues, the American hockey league is the second best league in the world. And sometimes the young prospects don't recognize because there's just, there's not a lot of publicity about the American hockey league. It's, it's like really undermarketed in that respect. So that's when I, I like having those conversations with the young prospects, particularly in their first year, the first 20 games, first 40 games say, how's it going? They're like, their eyes kind of get big. Like, yeah, it's not as easy as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, I, I think, I think the HL can get a bad rep from overseas sometimes as uh, you know, obviously when, once you leave your home country, you want to be playing in the, in the NHL. And, you know, if you do have to develop a little more in, in the AHL, I think it's just, just looked at in a, uh, in a negative way, if that makes sense um, to, to a lot of people, but uh, I'm with you. I think it's, I think it's a great league and it's uh, it's obviously, obviously showing by, you know, you go find those websites of the guys that have played in the HL and where they are now and what they've won. It's, it's, uh, it's very impressive. Of course. Rick, thank you very much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you at the rink and talking to you down the, down the season. Always fun to be on the show and, and talk to you. It's, it's, it's fun. You put so much work into these prospects. It's fun to actually talk about them. So thank you. Appreciate it, Rick. All right. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back right after this. Every play, every stat, every breakdown. On their own, they're essential, but all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. 
The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at fractalhockey.com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, phantom, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca. Welcome back to Hockey Prospect Radio. Here's Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. It's Hockey Prospect Radio brought to you by Fractal Hockey Consulting. Through an integrated series of best business practices, they design solutions for hockey operations and hockey business operations. We're now going to talk about the Colorado Avalanche prospects with their director of player development, Brian Wilsey. Brian, thanks for coming on the show again. We'll always appreciate it. Always a pleasure, Shane. Thanks for having me. Well, I'd like to talk to you about uh, Caleb Ritchie, I, we know he's injured, but what I, I'm really intrigued to get your thoughts about him is when I watched him play and I, I'm looking at players going into the draft, I really take a long, strong look at you know, the mental, emotional attributes, the type of things that, you know, translates to the NHL, the guys who make great choices. There's decisions that players make and there's choices that players make. And I always thought he made great choices. The choice of, I'm going to take a hit to make a play to get this puck out of the zone. I'm going to go to the net and get hammered by these defensemen to open up time and space for my linemates. I'm going to go in hard on the forecheck, and I'm going to lay a body, and it's going to hurt them as much as it's going to hurt me. I'm willing to block a shot to do. And it's those little things that add up. When a player goes to the NHL and he's, he's working his way through the American League, a lot of guys make really good decisions with the puck and doing things but it's the choices that kind of separate that player as the talent pool compresses and to me Callum Ritchie that was a separating factor for me is yeah he has all these other talents but I love the fact that he just made great choices uh, the choices that are going to make him into an NHL player yeah I think the you know it jumps out big right shot centerman skates well soft hands playmaker sees the ice but those big transferable bodies. Big body, yeah. The the transferable skills that you're talking about, that's I think that's what initially drew us to him and and you know fortunate enough to to select him. But um seeing those in junior and seeing how we play with our NHL team and his ability, 
you know, uh, to do things at a high rate of speed, uh, to process quickly. And like you say, take hits to make plays above pucks uh, uh, in the offensive zone, uh, responsibly defensively, and then mix that with his, his, uh, his, his, his big frame that is only going to get bigger. You know, he's just an 18 year old kid and, you know, there's a big rack there to, to fill out is, is what drew us to him. So, uh, obviously hasn't played a game yet, but, uh, we're excited to, to get him back, you know, um, you get an injury like that in a, in a, in a surgery early on in your career, you know, it creates some, creates some adversity for you and, and, um, you know, callous you a little bit and helps you grow up, but, uh, he's come through, had a great summer, had a ton of time in training camp, um, rookie camp, rookie tournament, NHL camp. We kept him around there for a long time, um, just to absorb what, you know, what those veterans are doing, what Andrew Cogliano is doing on a daily basis, what Nathan McKinnon does, you know, and it's just adding to his, uh, his repertoire, you know, he's, he's a, he's a very uh, cerebral kid. You know, you can tell when you're talking to him that he's really soaking it all in. He asks great questions, which I, f- I find is a great attribute for these young guys. Um, so, you know, us uh, getting him on the ice is, is exciting for us in the next uh, few weeks here back with Oshawa, but um, you know, throughout the six month rehab, it's, it's been, uh, it's been valuable to him. I'm glad you brought up Andrew Cogliano's name because sometimes we always look to the star player, and then you look at a player like Andrews had this tremendously long career and you don't get, you don't have a long career in the NHL unless your habits are exceptionally good and you have great self-discipline just to continue to do those things on a night on a night night basis. Is that a guy that you can you know point to for Callum and go, Hey, this player, like this is a guy that you should watch and emulate and talk to just based on what he does and how he preps himself as a pro. Absolutely. I mean, we, when we talk to our prospects, we, we have them pick out NHL players, you know, that they, they think they are when they're self-evaluating, you know, I'm probably sure no slight to Cogs, but I don't think a lot of guys say Andrew Cogliano when they say that, you know, they're saying Gabe Landeskog or whoever else, but um, I think it's, it's, it's neat for them to look back and see the way his career has gone. I'm talking about Cogs, like from, you know, his amateur days and the point producer early on in NHL, same way. And then how he's, he's formed his game into being a long-term reliable NHL player. And, you know, it's not points at all. It's, it's the way he plays, the way he carries himself is the way he hunts it's the relentlessness. And he's only doing that because of what he's doing off the ice, you know, the way he carries himself on a daily basis. Um, you know, we call him a walking player development model. You know, he's not part of our staff, but you know, I use him quite a bit. I'll send videos of him to our players. Um, and then anytime our young guys can spend with him, is is so valuable it's a it's a harvard education in in developing to be a pro so um we in our department we use active players when we can you know whether it's development camp or just in training camp so he's one we definitely look to um you know he's had he's had a remarkable career and we're thankful that he gives his time to these young guys i'd like to ask you about mikhail guliev i mean of course there's some you know challenges obviously um with russian players and seeing them firsthand but such a, a dynamic offensive defenseman in that respect and those type of players are rare and trying to like and you guys have quite a few of those in your organization which is helps you in terms of templating and helping him long term when you look at his game what are some of the aspects that he has that this excite you about being in player development going when we get his hand get our hands on him oh this is going to be fun um, and we, we did, he, he came to development camp for a few days, which was awesome. 
uh, to get a look at him. And and you're right that there is some difficulties with Russia and KHL, but uh, we did have him for a few days, which was which was awesome. So we got a we got a, a taste of him, but he also of us, uh, and we've kept up uh, some communication when, when possible. But but boy, can he skate! You know, you you we have an identity you look for, and he checked uh, uh, the boxes for us. It can skate, great transitional skater, separation speed, um, stocky, solid defenseman. You know, he's not super tall, but you know, it's uh, it's you see a lot more. I don't want to come smaller, you know, a five foot 10 defenseman is not, is not really that small, but he can really skate transitional speed, moves the puck quickly. And, you know, us getting our hands on him in, in, uh, in July was, was, was pretty, uh, was pretty cool to just to see what he can bring. Um, and now watching him play as an 18 year old in the KHL, get good minutes and contribute to that team is, is, uh, is a great development uh, path for him. Thoughts on seeing him skate on an angel size rink. It, particularly in puck retrieval, where there's not as much space, but he's such a dynamic skater. How do you view that in terms of when he was retrieving pucks and then finding his options and understanding where his options were before he even picked up the puck? Uh, and, and I think the KHL really has helped with that. You know, he's he's got uh, grown men, um, top-notch players bearing down on him. So he uses his speed to get to that puck quicker. Um, he's very good at analyzing what's going on, you know, as he's arriving. He does a quick shoulder check and he processes quickly. Um, we've noticed that in just the videos that we're watching, you know, um, not always trying to make the one man breakout and beat guys. You know, sometimes it is just a, a simple little six foot slip pass and he's recognizing that that's the right play to make. So um, those little things and, and him processing at a high rate of speed with someone bearing down on him, playing in that league has been really beneficial to his development. Um, you know, and, and those are things as we talk about transferable skills, those are transferable skills to the NHL level. So um, where he's at, at at 18 is is a, is a really good spot. And, um, you know, we just uh, hope he continues to grow there. Thoughts on defending down low, particularly against larger, you know, forwards who can, you know, can push him or push him a little bit. How do you like how do you see his lever using leverage, getting a stick body position? How is he adjusting to that more consistently as he develops? And, and that that's something that we, you know, if if you have such a uh an asset like skating then use your skating to defend you know don't don't try to um overpower players or be something that you're not um so getting your feet in the right spot getting you know not overextending and getting your head too far over your toes just be solid in your spot get get your body in the right position and what we've seen this year is he doesn't get pushed around you know he's he's really put on some weight he's getting stronger in the core um, and like I said, at, at 18, that's, that's, that's awesome. Cause he's only going to get stronger. He's got another four or five, six years of, of strength, uh, growing in his core. So, um, using his skating to defend his stick and then, uh, watching him get stronger, he'll just uh, continue to be, be, to become a better defender. And it's one of the things that the advantage for you guys is you have, yes, you can go to other organizations and show him film of other NHL defensemen, but you have that within your group of some players who have some similarities to him and how to defend against, you know, some bigger forwards or faster forwards in that respect and just making sure, Hey, this is your asset. Let's utilize it. And then we're going to build up some other areas for that as well. Just making sure, you know, sticks in the right place and body position, just so you can take advantage of your skating. If you're, you know, if you're in the right spot from that standpoint, we're going to take a short break on hockey prospect radio, but we'll be back right after these important messages. Every play 
every stat, every breakdown. On their own, they're essential, but altogether, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at fractalhockey.com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, phantom, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca. Every play, every stat, every breakdown. On their own, they're essential, but altogether, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at fractalhockey.com.
Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, phantom, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca. Prospect News and Analysis. This is Hockey Prospect Radio with Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. We're back on Hockey Prospect Radio, brought to you by Fractal Hockey Consulting. Through an integrated series of best business practices, they design solutions for hockey operations and hockey business operations. I'm with Brian Wilsey, Director of Player Development for the Colorado Avalanche, talking about some prospects in their system and really interested to get your thoughts on the continued development of Oscar Olsson and him you know, coming into playing full season, you know, he got 63 games with the Eagles last year. And I thought it was a really good opportunity for him to get an understanding of what the American hockey league is all about. Underrated league. I think a lot of guys are a little shocked by how good it is. And now he's getting into his second season and he's such a unique player. You know, he's over six feet two, maybe six, three, but you know, he hasn't quite filled out his frame, but he's such an athlete. Like you notice when certain players are on the ice, they're just so athletic in their skating and he has great posture in terms of his skating ability. Talk about those next steps for Oscar. Cause I think he's one of those players that when he figures it out, people are going to go, Whoa, it's like, you know, Krill Marchenko with um, Columbus, you know, everybody was sort of waiting and like, oh, okay, they sort of forgot about him. And then he just blows up with this goal scoring ability. I see some, I don't like always using player comparables, but there's some comparables there with with Oscar and, and Kirill in that respect of just dynamic athletes that, boy, when they hit, it's going to be a boon. Um, yeah, in his second year now with Oscar, he's, uh, I would say continued development is a good way to put it. it uh, um, the American League is a tough league, and, and he came from the OHL um after playing a little bit of pro in sweden before that but the american league was was no comparison um we had greg cronin there last year who's doing a great job in Anaheim now and he was instrumental in in, in oscar's development last year helping him just just the whole two 200 foot game um which oscar is a great student of the game asked a lot of great questions so he rounded out that side of it and learned a lot um and then obviously the numbers aren't going to blow you away but we were very pleased with his development and throughout the summer um, we kept him home. He had a full summer at home um, in Sweden training the summer before there was uh, uh draft world juniors, you know, it was just uh, a lot of things going on. So we wanted him to have a full summer. He came in, he's got that six foot two frame, as you say, he put on weight, got stronger um, and uh, had a great rookie tournament and then turned that into a great NHL camp. Our coaching staff for the NHL team was very, happy with his camp um and uh send him down to the uh to the eagles uh offensively hasn't had a blow your doors off kind of start but it's 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 been a continued development for him and the last week he's really like you say it's 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 starting it's starting to come to fruition now um he scored a few goals he has a great shot skating 
is is beautiful to watch if you know if you can put it mildly like he's just a great skater he uses his speed to the outside now we're pushing to use that speed on the inside be physically offensive you know skate in through hands get 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 scoring chances from the dangerous areas um you know and he's uh uh we we hired steve connor walchuk there as an assistant coach and steve had a great career um uh, in the nhl and, and internationally and he's worked with him quite a bit and, and steve was a was a was a grinder type uh, like we talked about earlier cogliano that just found a way so um he's working a lot with oscar and really helping him out but uh you know it's it, it's it's not a race you know when you get there you got to be ready and with oscar we've seen steps every week every month uh each season so you know he's he's an important player for us and he's developing in the right direction and uh you know we're excited for his uh um, you know, his, his potential and, and when he reaches it. He, when I watch him play, I find he's a slow starter. He's like that engine, that, that train coming down the track. And all of a sudden it starts hitting downhill. And then he just starts like, it's a freight train coming down at you. And I think once he starts to realize how big he is and then how fast he is, like sometimes like the players don't recognize their gifts and they're like, oh, wait a minute, I can get away. I can go th- blow through these guys through the middle. And there's mm-hmm. nothing they can do about it because I'm so fast, but then I'm big. And like, mm-hmm. what, you know, how are they going to stop me? They, they can't stop me. And it's like, yeah. it's that, it's almost like it's a, it's a habitual thing for him is once he, that clicks, I'm like, yeah. he, it's, he's going to be dangerous. He's going to cut inside on some defenseman and like say goodbye. Like you're not going to yeah. be able to hang on to him. No, no. It, and I, I, we found that with bigger players we've had in the past, it, it takes a little bit longer for them for understanding because they've just, they've never really had to use it before. Um, they've just been, you know, skilled or gifted. So now he has to use that frame to, to create space and create offensive op- opportunities. And he's understanding how to do it. Now we realize he's just, he's just 21 years old. So um, there's, there's still lots of time here, but he's, uh, he's understanding how to use his size and create space um, and, and I call it being, uh, being physically offensively, you know, just, just using that size and, and his body to create, to create opportunities. And he's beginning to understand that now. We've got about four minutes left, uh, before we have to head off to break. When I ask you about Sean Barron's, uh, another smaller defenseman in terms of height, but, you know, really intelligent in terms of a player in a really good program in Denver, um, in his third year. And I'm, I'm a little bit biased. I like when defensemen stick around for that ex- that third year in college hockey. I just think it just helps them in terms of preparation of going into the American League, just getting those reps in, particularly when he's going to be, you know, leaned on really heavily uh, defensively, more m- even more so than offensively. He's going to be leaned on that way to defend in a really tough conference. Talk about his continued develop from that standpoint. Yeah, Sean, just being 20, you know, he was a true freshman in what I think is one of the bigger, heavier conferences in college yeah, hockey. It's tough. Um, it is. And he had a tr- tremendous freshman year, uh, a bit of a slower start last year in his sophomore year, but turned it on as the season went on. Um, finished finished the season pretty banged up and had to get get uh, get fixed in the summer. So he, he, he missed this summer of full training. Um, so going back for that junior year part of his development um still just 20 was was a no-brainer f- uh for him you know he he wanted to to continue his uh to to uh to improve and continue his development at du as you said it's a great program um they're always they're always near the top they they uh they demand excellence uh david carl's got a great program going there so it's a spot that 
you know, being right in Denver, we can keep a close eye on him. Uh, we're in, we're in constant contact with him, but yeah, he's, he's a great player, skates well, um, uh, very intelligent, uh, courageous, you know, when, when you think of the old school heart and balls kind of player, that's, that's Sean, you know, and maybe took, we, you know, took too many big hits to make plays, you know, early in his college career. Cause that's what he's always done. So now we've worked with him to, you know, be a little more elusive and, and make the plays and get out of the way just, uh, just for durability's sake. Um, but he's just got such a, he's got the gamer attitude, you know, late in games, he's, he's putting it all on the line to, for whatever it takes. And, and uh, I think that's one of his, the strongest ab- attributes we like about him. It's for, I had a conversation uh, with Rand Peckhold at the world junior specifically about Sean Barron's. And he's just like, got to have him. Like he's like a really a glue part of our defense in terms of just, the way he plays the game. And we talk about, mm-hmm. we talked about that prior of like the difference between choices and decisions. And mm-hmm. yeah, he makes great choices. Um, and I like the fact that you said to him, Hey, you don't always have to take that hammer. You know, uh, you know, we know you can do that and you're willing to do that. Like, how about if we try to avoid those once in a while? Yeah. Yeah. We want to, we want to uh, get a big long NHL career to you. And uh, he's, he smiles and he says, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. But uh, um, just it's, it's that it's stuff inside him that you, you can't, you can't manufacture. You can't put it in anybody else. He just has it. And uh, you know, it's, it's, it's again, what, like I said earlier, it's one of the things we like about him. It's only going to help him. And it's, and he's got off surprisingly, you know, considering I always wonder how a player is going to get off to how start they're going to get. And, you know, he had 10 points in eight games already. Like, so clearly, you know, yes, you know, he could override. He seems to be one of those players that can just ride through some of the physical difficulties. He seems to just pretty much ignore the pain from that standpoint. Yeah, definitely. You know, if there's a throwback in him, you know, a little bit of bull environment in him, you know, that that glue that you just have to have. You have to have that player. And and that's uh um again, that's that's what we like about him. It's it's uh, DU will be right around there at the end of the year again in March and April and playing in those high pressure games, which is invaluable for their development. So um, you know, him being a leader on that team, I think he leads them a nice time every night and and gets gets all kinds of opportunity and and uh developing really well there. And you know, he's lucky he doesn't have to go anywhere. He's like yeah, Denver exactly. to the Eagles to the Avalanche, and you know, not many defensemen or many players in general get to do that. So um great for him. But Brian, want to thank you very much for calling the show. A great insight and look forward to seeing you around the rink. All right, thanks, Shane. We're going to take a short break on Hockey Prospect Radio. Stay tuned for Hour 2, and we'll be back right after this. Every play, every stat, every breakdown. On their own, they're essential, but all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. 
Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at FractalHockey.com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, phantom, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca. Welcome to Hockey Prospect Radio, your voice for prospect news and analysis on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. Now, here's your hosts, Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. It's Hour 2 in Junior Prospect Hockey League, Western Canada's newest developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level at JuniorProspectHockeyLeague.com. Speaking with Mike McMahon, College Hockey Insider, read his substack. It's the best information on college hockey out there. Um, every week, the updates are fantastic. Oh, pretty much almost on a daily basis, Mike. Let's continue to talk about some drafted players that are making a bit of a name for themselves in college hockey. And one of them, it's just an interesting path he's taken. And Massimo Rizzo, who was originally drafted seventh round by the Carolina Hurricanes. He now his rights are owned by Philadelphia. Uh, he's 22 now, but he, you know, he played in the BC Hockey League for a couple or three years, uh, Penticton, Coquitlam, uh, and then Chilliwack, um, briefly. And then he went to the University of Denver, and now he's in his sophomore season. And I like the fact that, you know, he's three years in junior A. It's going to be three years in college hockey. Maybe he plays a fourth. You know, I'm not sure how that's going to play out. But by the time he's done, he's going to be 23 and an adult. And that transition to the American League is going to be so much better. And he's been a dominant player in college hockey. We know it's something to be said for not – jumping into college hockey as an 18 year old that you should come in maybe as a 19 or 20 year old, you know, and I think, you know, for the guys who are late bloomers and they want to go to college because they're going to be a little bit late bloomers, like Massimo Rizzo is like a perfect example of that. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, obviously it's not, he's not the flyers pick, but do you think the flyers are happy with where he's at as a seventh round pick? I think they're probably thrilled. A hundred percent. If he comes in and just plays in the American league, has a long American league career. That's a steal. Because yeah. that's hard to find. Yeah, and and it's, again, I think I think you're right. I think it's a guy who's been patient with his development, both in terms of when he entered college and what happened. He was almost a point per game scorer as a freshman because he came in when he was ready. He came in as a 20 year old, and he came in when he was ready. And it seems like, and, and even if it's after this year, it's going to be a similar jump for him to the pro level, where he's not rushing it and getting into a point where you get in before you're ready and you get dropped down the depth chart and you kind of get penalize and maybe you get this thing a stigma attached to yourself and you can unless you get traded you can never get out of it uh, i think he's a guy that was patient enough to go to college when he was ready he's being patient enough to go to pro hockey when he's ready whether it's after this year or even after a senior year and he'll make you know an immediate impact because of that yeah i think it's a really good point you make and he doesn't have to turn pro 
because there's no pressure on him to do so. So he can go off and like for him, he might even be better off just to do his senior year, finish his degree or like, you know, do some courses in the summer and have a light year and then come out, you know, or get a grad degree and get a grad degree. That's what some guys do too. I mean, a lot of these guys, if they're going in as a 20 year old freshman, they can, they've got enough credits that a lot of these guys are getting their undergrad degree at the end of their junior year. And then if they come back for their senior year, they're going to get their grad degree and get it paid for. And get it paid for. Which is a, lot, is a great lot idea. Worst ways to spend your money, <laughs> to spend your time. Excuse me. One hundred percent. So you take that extra year, you get a grad degree, you come out, you have a master's, and now you're turning pro, and you're going to be, in his case, he would be twenty four, and then it could end up playing ten years of pro hockey, and then you yeah. know, go on with your life. So and fast. then when you're done, you get a master's degree. Yeah. Uh, I wish I was smart enough to do that, but I was not. <laughs> 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 let's uh, let's talk about Trey Augustine. And it was a draft pick by Detroit, second round. A lot of good goaltenders drafted in the second round. Came out of the U.S. National Program, you know, Michigan State University, and has got off to a really good start as a freshman goalie. You know, and that's that's not easy because that's a really tough conference he's playing in. And we talked about him going into that situation and wondering how he would handle that. And I think so far he's quitted himself quite well. He has, and he's faced a lot of shots. I mean, you, you look at his goals against number, and it's like three and a quarter. Which you look at, and go, oh man, you know, is, well, is that's more of a, no. Yeah, it's more of a team thing than a hundred percent. It is, and especially that's if you're over, not, think, if you're nine hundred five or or higher in save percentage, and you're saving a lot of like A level shots against you in the in that slot area. Not worried about him. At the end of the day, what Neither is he supposed to do? He's supposed to win games. Yeah, and he's winning games. He's six and two. Yeah. Exactly. And that's where I think some people will look at that number and and misconstrue what it actually means. Because uh, the 905 save percentage is good. Again, in a tough conference, he's a younger goalie, and he's had to go. I mean, he's made 30-plus saves in most on most nights in most of these games. So not only is he performing well, but he's he's being tested regularly and will be. I mean, they've had a tough non-conference schedule. They played BC. Um, that was on the road. So two games at BC. We know how talented they are. Once he gets in a league play, too, when you're looking at Minnesota, and Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State, who shoots the puck a ton, and Notre Dame. When you start looking at those teams every night, it's gonna it's gonna be even a, a bigger test for him. But so far, he's played well. It's an adjustment for him because he came from the program, and there's a lot of shot suppression because they always have the puck. Yeah, of course. You know, for the most part, right? <laughs> of course, when they're yeah. playing college teams, that's you know less likely. So he didn't face as much rubber as he is now. So we thought that might be an adjustment for for him, and how would he handle that? And I think, you know, I agree with you. I think he's acquitted himself very well. And it's good for young goaltenders to face a lot of rubber. It's going to be better for his development. And Detroit's in no rush because they, you know, they have other goaltenders ahead of him. So, and he's only 18. So, you know, he can play three years, no problem at Michigan State, go back to the, you know, World Juniors, and then, you know, continue on and maybe come out when he's 20, 21, 21 years of age as a goalie and go into the American League and see how he, you know, handles that situation another player as well i want to get your thoughts on who was a first round pick in charlie strammel by minnesota 21st overall thoughts about his second year in wisconsin he's only played five games and i'm just curious because he's a guy who you know he has the skating ability has the size has a shot but just hasn't been able for whatever reason at wisconsin be able to produce points I mean, I know it's only five games, but he's got a donut. And I just, 
is it is Wisconsin the right place for him? I don't know. I mean, I know this was a tough year, at least to start here. Wisconsin's having a lot of success, which is going to make it harder to break into the lineup when he's healthy because he's also been hurt. I mean, the, yeah, he's missed yeah, he's that time yeah. because of injury. And I think, you know, when you come, when you're trying to work your way back into a lineup that's playing really well, and they are, I mean, they're, they're arguably the top team in the country right now. You know, where do you kind of feel? You almost have that, that feeling of like, do, do I, where do I belong here? Like things have been cooking while I've been away where do they slide me in? Uh, I know there was some reports last week um, when, when he did return. He returned to the lineup last weekend, and I, I didn't see the games yet. I haven't watched those games from last week. They're on my, my to-do list here this week. But um, one of the word was, you know, he just looked a little uncomfortable as he kind of was getting himself back in the lineup, both coming back from injury and coming back into a situation where, you know, your team's playing really well and you kind of – you don't want to be the guy that's going to come in and, and mess with any chemistry. But I think – Look, the tools are there, as as you and I have discussed. The tools are clearly there. It's just a matter of whether or not he can put it together at Wisconsin. And if he can't, and if it if it just doesn't seem to work this year, where last year was kind of an up-and-down year too, uh, then I, I, you start to wonder, what's his next move? Is it the transfer portal and going somewhere else? Is it Minnesota saying, hey, we're going to take you out and you're 6'3", 220, you're, you're going to play in the American League? You know, it's he, he has options, but I think the option that's best for everybody is if it works out at Wisconsin. Yeah, I agree with that. And whether it works at Wisconsin, you know, for the rest of the year and he comes back, you know, uh, through the rest of the season, like gets into towards Christmas, you know, the world juniors are going to be looming. You know, I thought he acquitted himself quite well at the world juniors and was a valuable role player for them. So there's an opportunity for him to go back there, gain some confidence, come back, you know, after Christmas, maybe has a good run down the stretch and then kind of make the decision there. Like I, I would prefer not to see him go play pro. Like mm-hmm. here's the, I want to see guys play as many games as they possibly can before they have to turn pro. I mean, the American league, yes. You know, in some cases is a developmental league, but not if you have played a limited amount of games, I think it just becomes much more challenging. So, yeah. you know, if it works out down the stretch for Wisconsin, great, come back and do a third year. There's no rush to jump you into the American hockey league. And then, you know, make up for the games that you've lost because of injury and trying to get back into your form again. Or if it doesn't work out, then, you know, if it's you transfer portal and jump to a different team for that year and and move on. I'd be really hesitant, me personally, for him to jump into not have a really strong year and then jump into the American Hockey League. And it's tough. Yes, he's he's fast and he's strong. He's got skills. But that that league that league is a grind and it does not care if you were a first round pick, those players will chew you apart. So, and it's a whole confidence standpoint. Cause I look, he's got lots of confidence when you talk to him. So for me, I'm, I'm just really intrigued to see what happens because there's a lot of talent there. Uh, we're going to take off Mike. Thanks again for coming on the show. Always appreciate it and stay tuned. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back right after this. Every play Every stat, every breakdown. On their own, they're essential, but all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all in one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. 
Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at fractalhockey.com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, phantom, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca. Prospect News and Analysis. This is Hockey Prospect Radio with Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. We are back and powered by Instat Hockey, offering the largest data and video library of players, teams, and leagues worldwide. We're now speaking with Pat Malloy in our player development segment. Pat, thanks for coming on the show again. We always appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, this topic, we're going to discuss evidence-based versus experience-based. Now, this conversation go, could go in a variety of different ways, and these two topics apply to every discipline on the planet. And it's been a topic of conversation I've had with hockey ops people since the day I started in this industry. I would really like your thoughts about difference in player development because you know we you know we've seen player development evolve over time, but at the end of the day, it's still science based because it's kinesiology. It's the human brain and brain chemistry from your expertise. Tell us the difference, you know, from a player development standpoint, evidence-based versus experience-based. You know, I mean, this, this, our industry is, is certainly one, I, I would have to say based on my experience and, you know, having worked with two NHL clubs and, and what I'd like to think is, is coming up and paying my dues to get to the point where I'm at, meaning I have to do quantifiable work that increases the performance of people. Otherwise I would never have had any of the opportunities that, you know, I've had to this point, you know, I think our sport is, is certainly still a little bit behind when it comes to evidence versus experience experience, meaning I did, therefore I know, and versus, you know, evidence-based where we talk about how motor learning occurs. We talk about kinesiology. You talk about the different sciences that we understand impact performance those two really don't always mesh very well and necessarily in, in the realm of hockey and developing people and players, you know, we still see a lot of 
hires and, and different opportunities given to people that had done things, but don't necessarily have background in teaching or motor learning or any of the things that'll help an athlete do things to allow them to have success. So it's, you know, it's the great debate that goes on in our sport right now between, you know, the analytics crowd, the new age crowd and the old school crowd. And, you know, if, if we can say that analytics are really a, a way of saying stats, using data to justify decisions based on did things work or didn't they work is, you know, I think it's a powerful tool. We see it in top 500 companies are making decisions based on knowledge, based on different data sets that support both, you know, one view of, of an, an opinion and a decision and the other. And, and, you know, the more I think that that melds itself into our world, you're going to get people that have a track record and a background of, of being able to impact performance. And I think it'll be good for the sport, but, you know, I still think we're at that crossroads where it's, you've got the, the heritage-based development concept where, what I did as a player will impact how I teach as a coach, especially on the development side of things, you know, coaching's coaching, right. In terms of bench coaching and there's the development aspect of playing the right people at the right times and putting people in their skill sets in the positions to succeed. But when it, you talk about taking an individual and breaking them down in terms of, can I impact the skills and the abilities and the details and the habits that they would need to, to perform to their talent level and then ultimately impact the, the results of the organization as a result of having better components within the whole. That's a, that's a little bit more deep diving than, you know, putting the right people on the ice at the right times. And I'm curious to you know, also get your thoughts on when will it require in this industry more people getting opportunities that have degrees and experience in other sports to implement their type of data sets because it just it's funny that people will say well it's evidence-based so it's just numbers but a human being has to implement that and it's there's still a, a somewhat subjective nature to that but why wouldn't we do why wouldn't we do the same things that fortune 500 companies do that are successful because it's for me i think it's transferable for sure. I mean, what you do see across, you know, the National Hockey League is an example. You, you certainly see more and more clubs are starting a performance department, high performance departments. You've got, you know, lots of strength and conditioning professionals that have, you know, have degrees in their area of expertise. Um, you're seeing nutrition, you're seeing all sort of, and it, it's, you know, at this point, it's 31 teams doing things 31 different but 31 similar ways in some respects. I mean, there's all, you know, there's always caveat organizations that are sort of pushing the edge of, of different things. I mean, speaking of, of my time, for instance, in Buffalo, we had, we had a, a high performance person that was, you know, starting to meld the sports science, the sleep monitoring, the nutrition and, and different things into what we were doing. The one thing that you don't see a lot of is interdepartmental cooperation a lot of times. So, uh, you know, performance department is kind of a broad term and that, you you know, you'd have the hockey ops side, but then you'd have the, you know, the performance side of things. And, and it was interesting. We started, Oliver Finley was a guy that, that was hired in Buffalo at the time. And he was looking to make some, some changes, obviously, that were sort of new age at the time. And, you know, hockey being a heritage based thing, it didn't really go over so well. And that sleep monitoring and and talking about, you know, just dietary things with regard to performance at the time were, were certainly, you know, not always met by 
by players, for instance, with the most eagerness because it would have changed habits that have existed for years. And so what we had talked about was, you know, how come we don't take movement science, skill acquisition science, strength and conditioning science, all the performance matrix things that can help a player perform better and meld them with hockey ops. And that's not to say to take over the idea of, you know, how important coaching is obviously, you know, the head coach has to win hockey games and put the right people. I think the idea is, is that improving people so that you're getting the maximum amount out of each player allows a coach to do their job better and ultimately, you know, an organization to succeed. And so it's interesting. It was really interesting and fulfilling for me to go through that because you, you know, you got the opportunity to see, you know, here are some of the things that, you know, are being done on the performance side didn't really work their way into the hockey side. And it, it's, it's quite a, a rabbit hole we could jump down for sure. Pat, I'm interested in the subject from a scouting perspective because I myself am a raw scout. I use zero mm-hmm. statistics in any capacity when I scout. I honestly think the best scouts don't need them. I think, I think in fact, they can get in the way uh, and skew, skew a prospect for the most part. Now, that said, I have come on the show and said that William Mecklen, for instance, backs up what he does on the ice with his advanced analytics. Occasionally, I like to dive on the other side to make sure that my eye is holding. And sometimes, rarely, I'll see a prospect that really is baffling to me in terms of how to evaluate him. And then I'll take that, a data set and, and incorporate that and try to figure out a, a, another side to, to what I'm looking at. Uh, in terms of player development though the analytics tools are different but is the is the finished product the finished metrics that you're looking at similar in terms of the fact you're trying to find something that can help encompass the progress where you might fail to do so if you're not relying on those analytics yeah i I mean i I look at all of of what's available via statistic or analytics and that they're data centers and and i think the biggest misnomer in hockey is the conduit to mesh what they do, why they do, where they do, how they do with result and really trying to, to find a way to blend all of the different data points to say, here's an evaluation of a player. Here's where we see based on these matrix, you know, the, the, their talent or their trajectory level will take them. How do we figure out which way we're going to enhance and what tools will we use to enhance their ability to, you know, maximize their trajectory as a player. So yeah, it's, you know, there's so many stats that, that it can be skewing and it can be difficult to sort of meld them together. For me, it's not so much what they did as how do they do what they do? What are the limiting factors in their skill set or their skating base that would allow them to push the parameters of what we would want as an organization to see in terms of that player's ability to play And, you know, a lot of that is starting to combine the idea of um, the evaluation process with the idea of we've evaluated now, how do we develop based on our evaluation to get the most out of this player to where we see them fitting within the organization? Pat, we want to thank you very much uh, for coming on the show. Once again, this is actually a topic I think we're going to continue uh, when we get into our pre-draft show, because I think it just touches on a lot of different areas. But uh, we appreciate you coming on, and we look forward to speaking to you next week. Thanks, guys. Stay safe. That's Pat Malloy. Uh, Brad and I are going to take a quick break. We'll be back right after these messages. Every play, every stat, every breakdown. On their own, they're essential. But all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat 
a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at fractalhockey.com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, phantom, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca. Prospect News and Analysis. This is Hockey Prospect Radio with Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. We're back and powered by Instat Hockey, offering the largest data and video library of players, teams, and leagues worldwide. We're continuing to speak with Pat Malloy in our player development segments. Next topic is impacting hockey intelligence with a skills-based approach. Pat, uh, give us give our listeners a little bit of insight on how you structure that and what you're looking for in the players. And then once you know you start to get an understanding of what that player is capable of, then you know, like implementing tools to help improve that area of his game. Yeah, I mean, it's often talked about that you can't improve hockey sense. I'm one of the people that believes that's not entirely accurate. I think that, you know, there's tools that we have and there's a learning and a teaching process that if adhered to really helps prospects or players looking to enhance their ability to apply intelligence to their play improve. You know, so one of the things I like to do immediately is, is help a player specifically with the positions they play recognize recurring patterns. So it's, it's one thing to play the game and, and do you recognize the recurring patterns that, that occur within your sport, within your position on a game by game basis? Then number two, it's, it's recognizing the, the, you know, the frequency of those and the things that you do within them. So the skills that you use within those recurring patterns, and then, you know, looking inward and recognizing, all right, when I look at my video from an objective standpoint and see the way that I currently play the game, what things, what percentage of things work based on the way I apply my skill set versus the ones that don't. And then it really becomes showing them options that, 
you know, they're in these positions, they recognize these recurring patterns. Here's the things that you do that are really good and work. Uh, here's the things that you, you don't necessarily do quite as much. And so it's really tailoring video to augment and help them understand. Here's the things I do well. Here's the areas where I'm too conservative. I don't do enough to impact and then start to, you know, reverse engineer, if you will, and go back and say, from a skill perspective, am I applying my skills in a way that helped me within these recurring patterns of our game succeed or not? And so, you know, we've talked about gathering information, threat assessment. So creating a habit base of the detail of can I constantly, when in pursuit of a puck, for instance, you know, is it in my game today that I recognize shoulder checks, threat assessments, where is the, the pressure coming from? And then use appropriate levels of skill to be able to solve that problem. And so oftentimes, you know, what we'll find specifically as players coming out of junior is they, they know what they know and, and they become very structured in the way they play. And so constantly coming at different data points from a player's pattern recognition is a way to encourage them to solve problems versus giving them answers. And so it's highlighting the tools they have within their skill set that will allow them to solve that problem. You know, we may not be able to make the next Wayne Gretzky out of a person coming out of junior that's, you know, slated to be a checking forward, but we can certainly enhance that player's ability to take in information and make a higher percentage play based on highlighting some of the skills they possess that would impact those recurring patterns. Pat, does it come down to taking basically the individual mentality of a player plays, plays alone, plays more isolated and basically restructuring them, remodifying them to say, you can do more when you incorporate your teammates in specific areas than, than if you otherwise didn't. I'll give a, an example to our listeners. There's, there's a, a, a high-end dynamic talent named Fabian Lysel. And Lysel has the hands, he has the speed, he processes information rapidly in tight spaces. But if you pull back his hockey sense and you remove, you remove the curtain and let him look at the overall ice service, he has a lot of difficulty incorporating his teammates and playing within a structure that allows him to optimize his skill set. So what, what would you do in terms of modifying somebody like Fabian Lysel so that he can have more success? You know, a lot of times skilled or, or highly competent players from a skill perspective, they're confident in their ability to beat people in, in confrontational situations in close. And so, you know, what I like to do is start at eight feet, build to 10, build to 20. And if you think about the game of hockey, anything good or bad typically happens between 10 and 20 feet from a player. And so it's getting them to recognize almost a, a mental map of the, the landscape in which they need to manipulate in order to do the things that they're trying to do. And so that can't just be, you know, thrown in the pool and swim. It's having them recognize, you know, that almost the geometry of the game and that how can I play to my strengths by incorporating others and, and sort of broadening that base view that they would have that instead of, you know, I'm going to attack, which an attack mentality is a great thing, but sometimes an attack mentality means imposing your will and that I'm going to move a puck and then get someone to do something they don't necessarily want or aren't coached to do by moving prior to me getting a puck back. And so, you know, for me, one of the things I think that video is often based on uh, team play, but video is, is it's such a powerful tool when properly applied with the idea of a player seeing here's something that happens a lot. And here's you trying to do something because you're confident in your skill set. 
But when you take that frequency of occurrence and success rate and you put that all in the blender, that gives you the story and the information that you're able to propose to a prospect, if you will, that, that maybe aren't quite as indicative of the success I think I'm having. Pat, uh, in terms of, you know, we talk about, I guess the narrative is from some people's you can't improve hockey sense, which is nothing more than your ability to process information with speed and accuracy. So if you can't do it at the age of 17 and 18, then you're saying that human beings can't increase their processing at all, which isn't true. I mean, look at, as we talked about in the past, fighter pilot training programs, which it's really in a nutshell, it's about processing information as quickly as possible and understanding the options you have available under duress, which is, I mean, sure, it's not life and death in hockey, but the process of that is still the same. So it makes logical sense to me that hockey sense can be improved. I mean, it may not be radical, but it's certainly in, in different areas, it could be incremental improvements. Every human being has the ability to increase their, their processing in varying scenarios, whether it's sport, whether it's combat, um, whether it's modern medicine. I, I think we know that. I, I think one of the things in our sport that's difficult is that it's time consuming. I, I can already hear it in terms, you know, we know where our sport is at in terms of of the development aspect and, and sort of the, the idea of how things occur, you know, in an 82 game schedule in the national hockey league, I can already hear it being said, the times, you know, how do you expedite the time for that? You know, in a junior season, that's, you know, 68, 72, 74 games long. How do you spend the time? And it's really the, the process of the quality of the information and the way that it's dripped upon a player is, is the vital part of it in that it can be done. It's making the time. And, and that's one of the deterrents that, that we certainly run across. And, you know, with effort and with the proper programming in place, it can be done, but it certainly is time consuming. And it, it certainly is a soft skill, which are oftentimes in our sport, hard to quantify, to take the time to, to allow a player to realize their potential as a player or their trajectory in terms of their IQ or their processing ability. You know, yeah, those, that's are, elite- those are time consuming. And that's a leading measurement, you know, and leading measurements or indicators are generally input oriented and are difficult to measure. And maybe that comes down to the fact that maybe there, from an, I guess, from an NHL level, there needs to be more incorporation or an acceptance or willingness to have an R&D department in your operations department that does that type of work for the player development departments and the coaching staff and the amateur scouting staff and the pro staff and, you know, the upper management staff as well. So that work gets done because they're so busy doing their specific skilled jobs that they don't have time to do the other things. Do you think that's fair? hundred percent. I, I mean, you know, if we look at the national hockey league, this is the top 1%. This is, this is the fortune 500 of our industry. The national hockey league is, is the top of the heap. And so there's going to be a time, I believe, when those influences impact the best league in the world. And it's going to take someone and, and you know, we're, we're trending that way, but we're not there yet in terms of ensuring that processes like these, you take your American League team, for instance, obviously finances play a role, but what do you have to lose to give those prospects within your organization every opportunity 
to enhance every portion of their ability to perform. And, and, you know, better pieces have, have an opportunity for better products. So if you look at a player as, as an asset and, and you want to enhance that asset, if it goes out and plays well, that's not Great. development. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and that's, that's where we're at with it. And, you know, I believe the future is, is, is going to be bright and it's going to come, but I do believe our sport is a little bit behind. Well, thank you once again for coming on our show. We really appreciate the insight. Great, guys. Thanks so much. Stay safe, and we'll talk soon. That's Pat Malloy. Uh, Brad and I are going to take a quick break. We'll be back right after these messages. Every play, every stat, every breakdown. On their own, they're essential. But all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at fractalhockey.com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, phantom, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca. Prospect News and Analysis. This is Hockey Prospect Radio with Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. We're continuing our ongoing topic and segments with Dr. Kevin Willis, sports psychologist and mental coach. Kevin, thank you very much for coming on the show again. We always appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, as we continue to talk about your book, Hockey Grit, Grind in Mind, and as we go through each of the chapters and discuss the topics, we are just ending in chapter two uh, in the section of Passion to Start. And in this, the final topic is, what are you willing to do? And I've been waiting for an entire week to talk to you about this Mm -hmm. segment because, you know, we talk about in hockey, will is a skill, but will is a skill in life and what are you willing to do 
Like, what are you willing to do comparative to what everybody else is willing to do? Because the most, you know, the most successful, the most dangerous people in this planet are the people who have the willingness to do what others will not. Um, How do you evaluate that in a person from a clinical psychology standpoint and then I know you have you an evaluation process that that per, that player has to evaluate themselves. But I find at a young age, people don't always are not always the best self evaluators. So how do you sort of yeah, balance that's, between that's, what you see and what you've like from your data and your information that you've accumulated, what your assessment is and the, what the assessment is of that person when they talk about what I'm willing to do? Right. Yeah. And, and you're, you're, you're really onto something because, you know, young players, um, well, all players, they can tell you what they're going to do, who they're going to be, what they're going to accomplish. And, 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 and they believe it, you know, but talk is cheap. Talk is not reality. And so what we have to do is we have to make sure that our behavior, that our actions are, you know, backing up our words and so when I talk about, are you willing, you know, what are you willing to do in, in all of this is, is understand it's, it's when we put together this idea that it's the passion that got you going, right? The belief that you have what it takes to, to do it, to execute or to learn how to do it, right? Because you got to believe that with hard work, I'll be able to learn these things and get better and better and better. And then, which brings us to, and you got to be willing to do all the things that, you know, you say you want to do. So, I I sort of break it down into like four areas. First is when you talk about what you're going to accomplish, who you're going to be, can you see it in your mind's eye, right? Can you picture it? Can you see yourself doing and achieving all of these things that you want, right? And I think being able to visualize it, to be able to see it in your mind's eye makes it more real. It's not just words coming out of your mouth. It's now a movie I can put on the screen and I can project to it. All right. So that's really important. The second thing is, you know, am I dedicated to to working on the skills that I need to, you know, be successful in this in this sport? Um, and that's that's again, that's not anything I can do other than to to make sure that a player that is talking the talk is actually walking the walk, right? So that this really comes down to behavior, right? Are you doing the things that you said? Um, number three is, are you willing to put in the work when it's really hard? Are you willing to stay with it when it's not fun and you're not making the strides that you'd hoped, right? That persistence piece we talked about in grit, that's got to be there. And that's not something we can talk about and, and say with our words. It's something you have to show me, right? And then the last one is, what are you willing to sacrifice, you know, to do this, to play at a high level? There are other things that you're not going to be able to do. And I know for young people, you know, this can be their whole world, but as you get older, you know, 15, 16, 17, you know, the 16 year old that's starting to drive. Well, you know what? The world opens up in a big way when you can learn how to drive. Am I still willing to sacrifice some of those things to, to, you know, achieve my goal? So again, it comes down to, are you, is your actions supporting the words that you're telling me? Kevin, you're talking about actions and 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 how they support passion uh, talk about just the significance of self-perception self-awareness for the initial ignition phase when it comes to the passion and how it can take over well you know i think in the beginning when we're really excited about someone infatuated with something um we we're so enamored with it that i don't think that we 
are so worried about how we look, right? It's just so fun. And I'll, and I'll, I just want to do it. As we get better, as we realize how much we don't know, and now we, we're sitting there going, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I can't wait till I can be like that guy and that guy. And I can't wait till I'm playing in the show and all this stuff. Now you're like, oh Lord, there's a big gap between where I am right now and where I need to be. And so who are you and what are you able to sort of hold on during that, that part of the journey when there is a ton, a ton of unknown. And so that, that, that trigger gets the excitement going, but you've got to, to have something to keep you on course. And I think that's really what it comes down to is that willingness to do the work, the willingness to pay the price uh, so that you can achieve all the things that you want, because nobody that's ever made it, you know, to the highest levels of hockey has had an easy path. Nobody has had, you know, just handed to them. They've had to sacrifice to be able to do that. And I think players need to understand that early on. You're listening to Hockey Prospect Radio on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. I'm Shane Malloy with Brad Allen from HockeyProspect.com. Brought to you by The Power Player, hockey player development software at ThePowerPlayer.com. We're speaking with Dr. Kevin Willis, sports psychologist and mental coach. Uh, uh, continuing on with his book, Grit, Hockey Grit, Grind in Mind, in the end of Chapter 2. Uh, the topic is, what are you willing to do? It's one of the things that we, we try to on this show as well, give like personal accounts of what you're like, you know, what that means. We can talk about it, but you know, the example I use is, is one of the reasons why I actually wanted Brad to come on the show with me was I was talking to him about what he was doing and he was working, you know, at hockeyprospect.com and helping build this out and doing like hours and hours upon scouting, not just live, but video work. And he goes, Oh, by the way, I'm, I'm in university as well. So he's working his job. He's doing the hockeyprospect.com. He's still in university. And it was this, it was similar to what I was doing is I had a full-time job at the radio show. Uh, and then I was in university full-time and I got two kids, right? Sounds stupid and crazy, but what are you willing to do to get to where you want to go? What do you, what do you have? To, Cause you're going to have to sacrifice at some point. You're going to have to sacrifice yeah. something and accept that. Like, just accept the fact that you just can't do this and it's okay. How do you translate some of those stories to, you know, your young clients that are like 15, 16, 17, 18, and like, you know, like really try to hammer home is, okay, what are you willing to do now? Now, what are you are willing to do on top of that? And now on top of that, now on top of that, because you're going to have to keep adding to that pile. Yeah. Well, again, I think it's when you see yourself, if you can visualize your, your future self, right, where am I going to be a year from now, three years from now, five years from now, then you almost, you, and this is hard for the younger uh, player to sort of get, but I think at some age, you know, that 14, 15, 16 is when it starts to click. And at some point, you, you have to ask yourself, what would my future self expect from me right now, right? So say my future self five years from now, and I'm trying to make a decision, I'm trying to figure out who I am and what I'm doing. And, and, and me right now, I don't have that experience. I don't have that, you know, vision of, of what I can be unless, you know, I sort of planted it, but I can make a decision. How would my future self handle this? How would my future experienced, more mature self deal with this right and, and i know when i'm helping players with adversity and stuff like that i always go back to what what, what do you want to be what, what do you want to do how are you going to accomplish all those things that you say you want 
if you can't make decisions, I say, step inside your future self. How is your future self deal with this? And then they can make a decision. The thing about, you know, when we jump in the university and all those things, we know at some point we're going to have that degree, right? We're going to have that knowledge and experience that the university brings to us, but we don't have it in the beginning, but we know we will have it. Right. And so I think I just, I just want players to be able to do sort of that same thing be able to project because you know what, you're going to be something down the road. You might as well go ahead and, and sort of visualize what that's going to be now, because now you're actually on a better path to achieve those things. Thank you, Dr. Willis. Uh, this has been another episode of Hockey Prospect Radio on Sirius XM, NHL Network Radio, powered by Instat Hockey and Junior Prospect Hockey League and Fractal Hockey Consulting and Outside Edge Player Development. You can listen to the show on your favorite podcast network or YouTube and follow us on Twitter at HP Radio and HockeyProspectRadio.com. Thank you to all our guests, and we will see you at the rink. Every play, every stat, Every breakdown. On their own, they're essential, but all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all in one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at fractalhockey.com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, phantom, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca.